But yeah, the earthquake was, I thought it was our cat just like being crazy. And then I was like, no, this is a little more than my How cat. How big is your cat? She's, <laughs> you guys. You live in Mobile, it must <laughs> Like, it's either my cat or like someone shooting outside. And usually it's my cat. So I was like, okay, hopefully it's my cat. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church, uh, where we are getting real answers to tough questions. I am Stephanie Schaefer, and I'm here with our fearless leader, the PMB, Pastor yeah. Matt Brown. You have a new nickname, the captain. The captain? I'll mm-hmm. take it. Oh, yeah, the captain of this ship. I like it. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You're the captain Well, now. here on The Debrief, we are getting real with the Enneagram, <laughs> and this week we are talking all about the four. Yes. So we have two wonderful guests with us here today, our resident fours. Well, some of our resident fours. They're going to let the four Elena roll. and oh, Andrew. Yeah. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure, I'll go first. Go ahead. We're going to four out. Uh, my name is Elena, <laughs> and yeah, I'm a four. I'm a marketing lead here at Sandals Church. Uh, my name is Andrew, and I'm the lead designer here at Sandals yeah, Church. Both of you have been on the debrief before. That's oh, that's true. true. Returning yes. guests. Yeah. Welcome back. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. I was a happy accident, but we won't go into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a very happy accident. We had fun on the episode. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and Andrew and Elena are basically responsible for making all the things that look, sound, and feel awesome here at Sandals Church. So we really enjoy them, and they're going to get to talk to us all, all right. about Are you both four wing threes? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a three wing four. Mm. Okay. So I can't quite grapple with your emotion, but <laughs> but but I I can get close. Yeah. I think my four is a three. So oh, we'll give some I'm of our here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'm married to a four, which is great. So I think my four has grown from a one to a three mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. being married to him. But yeah, yeah, I love and appreciate the fours. I think nines and fours do very well together. They complement each other well. We do. Mm. Yes. Most of the time. Is your husband a nine? Yes. He's a nine oh, with yeah. a really high eight, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Nine wing eight. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right, we are going to be talking all about the four. So, Pastor Matt, can you just kind of give us an overview? Like, what are the things we need to know about the four as we start the conversation? Yeah, so um, I intentionally, I don't know if you guys caught this, I intentionally avoided the word creative this week because I think a lot of people who are fours uh, may not be artistic. And so they think that can't be me because I don't creatively express myself. And so I, I we chose the word individualist. Mm-hmm. And so the core need of being unique and to be seen um, and, and, to, and to be really um, in some way significant in life. And, and, and that's really the strive of that. Now that can be an artwork. It can be expressive in that way. But I just don't want people to automatically negate if they take the test and it says there are four, but they wouldn't consider themselves artistic. Now, many fours are artistic and are expressive in that way, um, but you can express your, in, your your desire to be an individual and to be unique in many different ways. Um, and so art is one of those main, main things, but really it's a person who's deeply, deeply in touch with how they feel. Uh, they feel deeply um, they're deeply aware of their feelings, which makes them very, very different from some of the other numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, me, a three, who is totally disconnected oftentimes and is the last person to be aware of how I feel. The four is the first. Four sense their feelings. And here's why you want one in your small group. They can sense your feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my daughter's a four and she's very, very aware of how people are feeling and what's happening in them before they are. Oh, she yeah. reads people well, she sees people well. Um, versus my son, who's a five, uh, and we've just said he needs to be with his sister quite often <laughs> because he, he does not read people well. He does mm. not have good radar when it comes to the emotional makeup of people. And so these people are, are just really, really helpful. Uh, they feel deeply. 
Um, at their best, man, they're expressive, they're enthusiastic, they're just wonderful people to be around, deeply in touch with their emotions and your emotions, just great heart handlers, um, re really can mimic in some ways the two, uh, but their motivation to care is feelings, so that they're not trying to, to meet a need uh, other than they just deeply care about how you feel, whereas the two cares about how they feel. <laughs> so I need to I need to help you. So the, the four's motivation is to help others. And that's the beauty of the four. Now, when they become unhealthy, and so if your unhealthy four scores are really, really high, it can lead into depression, isolation, um, and, and, and really, really some, some ugly, ugly thoughts about you um, and, and that, I don't want to get into it, but that, that, that toilet bowl can go way, 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 way down. And so if you have a four, you really have to make sure that, uh, your negative feelings are not in the driver's seat, um, mm. because they can get out of control and they can get really, really dark. Um, so if you have a child that's a four, you need to be aware of that. Um, and, uh, you know, if they're in that emotional cave, you're going to have to go and help them, uh, pull themselves out. Um, so, because, you know, they might not, uh, fully express the depths of the, darkness that they're feeling. So at their best, they're the most joyful, the most healthy heart handlers in the world. Um, just really, really see people the way God sees people and um, just a unique gift to the world. And so uh, that's, I believe what they represent in God is just the, the uniqueness of who God is and the four represents that. There's just no one quite like you. And mm -hmm. so, um, which is interesting because the fours often feel they're not unique, which is mm -hmm. that whole craziness is, you know, um, it's like the pretty girl saying, oh, I'm so ugly. It's like, okay, let's all just move on. We get it. Yeah, we, we get it. it. Yeah. We get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. On the topic yeah. of it, I'm, so, I'm sorry about your modeling contract. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're, all feel you're really hideous bad to look you. at. Okay. We actually got a really interesting question on that. So, um, Annie Moss wrote in and said, my four score was a two, my lowest score. Yet as I sat in service, I felt as though you were describing my every fault. I struggle with gift envy. I feel deeply. I cry in worship. And many times I don't know why I feel average and like I have no gifts. Um, I can get depressed easily, but uniqueness was never an option in my home. Mm. I had to learn to fit into the boxes my parents made for me. As I explore the notion that I may have more for in me than I realized, do you have any advice or resources? Yeah, so one of the things that you have to learn, um, and I think this is helpful for moms, a lot of moms and wives will score super high on the two. They're not twos. They're adaptive twos. So they're mm -hmm. adapting to the environment around them. So moms have to be helpful, have to care about other needs, and often have to carry many, many loads that are not their own. But that doesn't mean that your core style is a two. It means that you've adapted to that. So oftentimes, fours, when you take the test, you're not seeing yourself accurately. So I, the first thing I would do is look at your, your negative, unhealthy one score, because what that's going to do is indicate that you took the test um, not how you are, but how you think you should be. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that when you're reading your scores, look at the unhealthy one score. And if it's 90 and above, um, you, you may want to retake the test and just say, okay, I'm not going to take this and answer questions correctly. I'm going to answer truthfully. Mm -hmm. Those are very, very different things. Mm -hmm. The one wants to answer correctly, you know, uh, if you're unhealthy. If you're healthy, you're going to answer um, them truthfully. And that's what's really, really important. I would say clearly just by your question, you're four. And what I would say is you are not allowed to be a four in your childhood, uh, in your upbringing, and, and you've really not been seen, which is devastating to who you are because you have a deep, deep desire to be seen. And let me just say this, to be different. Didn't she say that she, I, I'm assuming it's a she. I think it's a girl. I, I feel yes. like it's a she. Yeah. Well, Annie. Annie yeah, Moss. okay. She, she said, <laughs> but she said that, read the second uh, she half. She feels deeply, she cries in worship. Um, 
she had to learn to fit in the box that her parents made yeah, for her. Yeah, okay, that's the key. If you feel like you're being made to fit in the box, that's your four screaming. Mm -hmm. Your four is screaming out. And let me just say, even if you're not a, a primary four, the, the, the reason why I think Sandals Church does the Enneagram better than anybody else, that's my three talking, um, <laughs> is because we're not just a number. But we look at like look at it like your fingerprint. It's this unique fingerprint of all the styles, and all of us have all of the styles in us um, because we reflect God, who is reflected in all nine styles, and that's who God is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you have a desire, you know, she said, um, I, "I've been shoved in a box. I, I cry in worship." Man, that's your four saying, "I need to feel." Mm -hmm. And and what I would say is. There's probably some unhealthy one in your life, and so you need to give yourself permission to feel. And um, you know, I mean, I'm a guy. I I grew up, you know, not wanting to cry, not not being in touch, and I've just learned to embrace when I feel like crying. It's good for me, mm -hmm. and I allow it, and yep. I feel so much better mm -hmm. um, because my three keeps me divorced from my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so, right, I, I'm so focused on achieving and being successful, and. Um, you know, it just really whacks me out. So I'll give you an example of how my three, four are in conflict. So I'm training for the Ironman. Yep. Uh, June 2nd, I'm doing the Ironman. Unfortunately, in Kona, in Hawaii. Has anybody oh. seen what's happening? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A thousand earthquakes the last week. The island's cracking in half. Oh, yeah. Lava shooting Lava out 100 foot. Yeah. So the three in me is like, oh, I've trained so hard. I'm going to miss out on my event. Right. Meanwhile, homes are burning, <laughs> yeah. lives are being changed. Right. And so, so then my four comes along and says, "What about the people?" And mm -hmm. the three's like, "Shut up!" You know, we're we gonna, we're, gonna we're there. That we're gonna win. You know, right? Yeah. And so, but, but my four comes out and says, "Okay, I really need to embrace that." And so, mm -hmm. I've really struggled feeling events, uh, even mm -hmm. like nine eleven. I remember. Okay, the towers are falling. Everybody get back to work. I mean, what the heck is that? Yeah. That's an unhealthy three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then the next couple of days, my four is crying and I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. People's lives are destroyed. So um, that four, let it out. Give yourself permission. And man, if people in your small group are uncomfortable with it, tell them to get over it. They need to feel. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, they need to feel deeply and they yeah. need to connect with their heart. And again, so sorry, sorry. If, you, if, you're, um, if your four is like five and below, you've got to recruit fours your small group and just know <laughs> that they play a unique role in your group and they remind you of the heart of God. Um, you know, this week we talked about Saul who forgot the heart of God. I'm going to find a king who is after my heart, mm -hmm. thus saith the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. That's the four. The four win healthy beats for the heart of God and they care for the heart of God and, and people matter to them in the way that they matter to God. And that's just... Right, the beauty of that four in the most positive nature. Mm -hmm. So let that out. Now, on the on the negative side, you have to be aware of how much time and power you're giving to your negative feelings, mm -hmm. right? Um, and our feelings can override our faith. And so that's why, you know, the, the verse I, I gave you, Psalm 139 is so important for the four. I mean, if, if you're into tattoos, man, get that one on your body. I am beautiful in the eyes of God. His workmanship is amazing. Like you need to remind yourself of that every day because the four can be so self-critical and just dive into um, you know, this, this death spiral of I'm not unique, I'm not special, I don't matter. Mm -hmm. Because right significance for them is, is key. So yeah. that's a great question. You guys have any yeah. thoughts on, yeah. on helping Annie Moss? Yeah, I just think em embrace that 
empathy. I think fours have such a beautiful high empathy and, you know, it's an emotional intelligence. I mean, there's a time and a place for feelings, but I think we have this gift of emotional intelligence and vulnerability, I think, is a strength. Like, I think to be vulnerable is a very, very beautiful, strong thing. So when you're around people that maybe are not being receptive to your feelings or you're feeling like you're too much, I mean, there's a time and a place for it. But I think oftentimes it's that we're making someone else feel uncomfortable because they're actually not comfortable in their own feelings. Um, and what a beautiful gift it is to be and to come alongside someone and you know, be able to feel with them and go to those depths and go to those places. And it's also ironic because I think we're able, like you just said, to see the beauty in people when they're not able to see it themselves. And it, but we're also not able to do that so often. So yeah. <laughs> it's a bit ironic. But yeah. yeah. And I think there's something about like feeling with someone else uh, that it sounds like she's kind of in like, like she said, she's trapped in this box of like, these are my feelings and this mm-hmm. is what I am. There's something about feeling with someone else that like almost gives you permission to feel. Yeah. To be like, here are my feelings. And they're like, I have feelings too. I'm like, we're feeling together? Yes. <laughs> Let's just like feel things. Let's be here. Yeah. Uh, and it just allows you to like let go and be like, someone else is like me and like not more unique than me, but like just that initial, <laughs> like they're like me and they understand me. And that allows me to just be a little more me. Yeah. yeah Let me okay. say this about the four, you know, our daughter's a four and, and she's so great at feeling for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really had to uh, press into her. Um, sh- she will see the student that no one sees, uh, but those students are usually dark, struggling with depression. And she will mm. so invest in them. I'm like, girl, you, you got to pull out. I mean, there's ministry and then there's friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as a four, you've got to be able, you know, there's three relationships in life, right? There's professional, uh, there's ministerial, and then there's personal. And so it's okay to do ministry as a four. You got to be careful that you're not surrounding yourself with just negative, depressed people mm-hmm. because they will pull you right into that. And uh, negativity loves company. So you've got to, so if you're a four, you're going to have to have some sevens. Like, right, you need some sevens in your life. They're like, let's go have a good time. Let's celebrate. You know, the seven's going to stuff those feelings and just <laughs> yep. let's party till the break of dawn. Um, and and, and you, need, you need to have that healthy seven in your life that brings the joy of your feelings out because that's important too. Because you can get locked into some real, you know, darkness with your friends. And, and oftentimes, hmm. you know, a friend group, if they're all fours, can get really, really negative and kind of fixate on that, especially in our culture where victimhood is so celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's a victim. Everybody's been, a you know, uh, something bad has happened to everybody. And we kind of resonate in that. And that's just really dangerous for the four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not going to be any sevens in that group. They're like, ooh, this party's... <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Um, so make sure you have those, you know, those sevens. And, and, and again, this is why it's, you know, you need an eight to confront uh, oftentimes untruth uh, in your life because your feelings can blind you to the truth of who God is. Mm-hmm. So just like we need the four to speak the truth of God's heart into our life, the four needs the truth of God's word spoken into their life. Mm-hmm. I, I hear what you're saying and how you're feeling. Here's what God's saying and how he feels about yes. you. Mm-hmm. He says, you're this. Mm-hmm. And now you're now you're confronted with, and and I can't, man, I'm, I can't wait till we, uh, do the series, 10 Reasons Everybody Needs God. But people don't understand how important the commandments are, mm-hmm. the 10 commandments. And the first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me, and then thou shalt not fashion any idol. And so the you know the four's idol is their feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they worship that and they bow down to that. And God's saying, no, you must subject your feelings to me. Mm. That's worship for the four. 
and, and the beauty of that is God loves you even in your darkness, even in the depths of your feelings. And David, King David has some real four moments in the Psalms. Oh yeah. You know, there's some oh, yeah. pretty crazy feelings in there. Lord, you're 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 awesome, you're amazing, but please help me kill my enemies and let me bash their <laughs> children's head against these rocks. That would be wonderful. Like right, you're like, whoa, what just happened? Where did that come from? You know? Um well, there's some four in there. So mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah. of four there. So can Andrew and Lena, can you kinda of talk about your experience of discovering that you're four, what that's been like for you, how you see that play out in your life? Okay. I was making this joke with Andrew that we were just gonna talk in metaphors for the <laughs> entire episode. Um and I am going to start with a metaphor, but it's only because it's so hard to describe feelings. But when I first discovered my number, it was a sweet sadness. And there's also, fours are also described as the the romantic, mm-hmm. um, which I love because just the true definition of romance is just like this expression of excitement and mystery associated with love. It's not necessarily strictly, you know, related to love. Um, and so I identified with that because my whole life, I feel like I've been writing this like mystery novel and, and creating all these characters and there's been um, different adventures, different scenes, but no real underlining plot. Um, and things have just been like, oh, I don't really know what this is that I'm doing, and but I'm creating something. I just don't know where it's going. And so when I learned my number, I was like, oh, that's what this book is called. That's what this thing is mm. writing. That's what, that's, that's what I am. That's this thing that I'm creating. Um, doesn't really complete the plot line, but I think it at least gives it a title. And it was kind of nice to just be like, oh, I feel sad, but I feel like so much relief in that mm. sadness. And not in a bad, sad way, just kind of in a good, sad way. Yeah, in a good, sad <laughs> in way. In a good, sad yes. way. <laughs> yeah, for me, I when we were going into it, I was like doing research on like the different types and I'm like, okay. And I, was, and I took the test and I remember it said that it had sent to someone else. And it's like, you'll get results in like however many days. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to know right now. Yeah. And like, if I'm not a four, I'm going to be absolutely crushed. And, <laughs> and I literally walked over to her office and I was like, hi, you just got an email. And I think that you need to tell me what that was. And she's like, oh yeah, you're like a hundred four. And I'm like, oh, okay. Everything's okay. Good. And it was like this thought of like, you are if, an individual. Yes, yes. If that is not validated in me, then like my world is over and like, I don't know what I've been doing with my whole life. And so I think that it's given me permission. And I think that it has provided a good opportunity for me to see things uh, and investigate things that I wouldn't have pointed out in myself. Mm-hmm. Like having anything that's a resource that says, hey, maybe think about these other things that aren't your feelings mm-hmm. for me is so beneficial. And so having like a book or a podcast, it's like, hey, sometimes fours need to be aware of this. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I do need to be aware of that. Yeah. Like I've been trapped in these feelings. And so it's been nice to understand myself better, but also have a... Yeah. Uh, the freedom to kind of a little more freedom to explore that and be like, cool, that's yes. like, I'm just going to be an individual. Like it gives me some sort of uh, victory or something. Right. Yeah. Now let me ask you this question. I didn't yeah. prep you for this. You were a competitive athlete. Yes. So talk to me about that. Cause that's like, and you too. Yeah, and that's, that's literally yeah. like, Oh, that's true. That that's you, like terrible what a, for force. Uh, <laughs> because you're being evaluated based upon your performance and you're, you know, you're yeah. being compared to others and ranked. Oh yeah. Mm. It's kind of a nightmare. Man, we're just going to... St- so I started playing sports because everyone made fun of me and I didn't fit in anywhere. And yeah. I was like, I'm really tall and I'll get good at basketball and then people will like me. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I I went through, played basketball my whole life. My goal was like, I want to play college basketball. I got mm. picked up by a college. I played a summer and was like, I don't like this anymore. I think I'm just done. Yeah. And just dropped out <laughs> and I was just done with it. Uh, like completely over. And I think a lot of it might've been that I'm like, cool. I like became the cool kid. And the reason I came in this was accomplished. And now that I'm in a new place, I'm like, well, 
hmm. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to just move on to something else. Yeah. And decided that's, to go that's into, very four. Yeah, yeah. I decided to go into musical theater from that. So it was a big, big switch. Yeah. True trajectory of a four. Yep. Didn't they make um, a movie? Didn't Disney make a movie about that? Oh, Probably. High School Musical? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the oh, one. you mean yeah. High School Musical? The Classic plot of my life? Zac Efron. Yeah. Oh, dear. I got my head in the game. You could do a video <laughs> bouncing the ball. Yes. I just remember that because my girls were into Zac Efron. Oh, 100%. However you want to justify that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just too hyper. I was just really, really hyper. And my parents were like, she needs to do something. So we need, we need, we need Elena we need to be to, tired. Uh, yeah, we need to tire this girl out. Um, so I swam from five to 20. And I actually really struggled with uh, just my identity crisis because my whole life, I never felt like an athlete. I never felt like a mm. competitor. Um, but then I could put on the proverbial like suit and say, oh, okay, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'll just feel comfortable in that. But my whole life, I felt like this isn't who I am. This mm. isn't who I am. So my last year of college, finally, I was like, I need to stop doing this and mm. find the thing that because I think fours, they gravitate to what's the thing. Right. What, tell me what I am. Like, tell me these mm -hmm. different things I can put on to be that thing um, when you're unhealthy. So finally, I was like, this isn't my thing. I'm going to, yeah. So it was a weird, weird struggle. And swimming is a crazy commitment, man. Oh, like, I've yeah. been to that pool and you guys are in there at like four in the morning, five in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Ugh. Yeah, I think there is a big aspect of it that is almost like, oh, I found the person that I can be. So I'm just going to be that person. Yeah, I guess I'll just step into this. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when you're an adolescent, you're like, oh, well. Yeah, and like, you know, like the sports stereotypes. So yeah. you're like, cool, I can just okay. play that for a while. Yeah. But all the while feeling this kind of angst inside, like, I'm, this isn't really describing totally, yeah. what this thing is. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So as you guys have started to kind of unpack your style more, where would you say you've started to notice in your life the really healthy side of the four kick in and really shine? keep looking at me. I know. Right? I don't know why okay, I keep looking I, at I you. I feel like I'll just keep going first. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I think there's two, two really beautiful ways um, now that we can embrace this and we have like this roadmap for, oh, this is who you are, but this is also what you could be. Um, there, one of it is fours have this really deep longing that something is missing. Um, and they're always on that search for that mm -hmm. thing. And um, we're always, I, I kind of like to say, we're always creating worlds that don't exist. Mm -hmm. So I think there's there's a really, really healthy side to that where beauty comes out of that. Like, I feel like I have this high empathy level. So I'm able to really anticipate the motivations and that works really well for marketing because mm -hmm. I'm able to really understand our audience and, and connect with them. Um, and then on the other side, just in personal relationships, um, I'm not afraid to suffer. I'm not afraid to walk in in a struggle and and be with you in that. And because we have such a deep shame, some sometimes that's beautiful. And sometimes when I someone will come to me with something, they could say like they've done the worst thing in the world, mm -hmm. and I will sit with them. I will cry with them. Um, I just want to be a safe place for them to just feel and you know, and then get out of that together because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want that for you. I don't want to stay in that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I don't think melancholy is a place that you should ever stay, but I do, I do feel like it's a beauty that I could sit in that with someone mm -hmm. and really um, be there in that moment. And yeah, it's kind of that, that longing for there's something missing mm -hmm. that I'm not, I'm not afraid of that, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that as I've learned what my healthy for looks like, I think I have so much of my identity in what I do and like what I make, uh, just like being an artist, I'm like, what I make is like just a part of me. And that's like how I represent. And I think that as I've learned more and more about what it looks like to celebrate that individualist in a healthy way, I think that I've started to switch a perspective that a lot of my value is the way that I perceive and the way that I see and not necessarily like what I do with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think I've always landed with like, cool, the thing that I make is the thing. 
And as I learn, I'm like, no, it's the way that I see the world that is the thing. Like the product is the, the end product is just a product of the way that I'm viewing this thing. Right. And I think that starting to understand that better and celebrate that, um, I think has given me more capacity and more uh, allowance to help other people feel other things. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we see a lot of stuff now that makes us want to like feel good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think especially like scrolling through Instagram, it's just like, oh, it makes you feel good. And I think that as I learn to ex explore that human emotion, I want to make people like feel good, yeah. mm -hmm. like feel a broad <laughs> gamut of human emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, fours are obviously are just full of emotions. And I think it's beautiful that we can almost paint with all of these colors, some of which that people just don't see mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to explore this broad gamut of human emotion. And I want you to feel this specific thing with me that you're probably never going to feel again in your life, right. mm -hmm. but we're going to do this together. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to go through it. Cause I want you to feel this feeling mm -hmm. uh, like a pastry chef makes an amazing pastry. It's like, you have to taste this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing that like, I want to cook up this thing. It's like, I want you to feel this with mm -hmm. me for just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. If, if you're a four or you're, you know, you love somebody that's a four. I think the thing that's been most helpful for me is just the concept of seasons um, so when you look at the way that God designed the earth, right? There's there's summer, there's winter, there's spring, there's fall. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us are afraid of winter and that's kind of those dark negative feelings. And so for me, um, like when, I, when I'm preaching, um, typically you guys are seeing a lot of the seven influence in me, mm -hmm. uh, the, the energy of the seven, the joy of the seven and the drive of the three. But I can't, I can't be that way all the time. Mm -hmm. And so typically Mondays and Sunday afternoons, for me are my four and I go into this darkness and I kind of go into this melancholy, this, this little depression. And I used to feel like that was sin. And I was like, no, it's winter so that there can be a spring and a summer. Mm -hmm. And so just know that, you know, as a four, uh, part of that kind of pulling back and experiencing the darkness of winter is so that there can be a spring and there can be a summer. Mm -hmm. and, and you've got to learn those emotional seasons because um, you can become very, very fake as a four if you don't tap into that. Now you can't stay in winter forever, mm -hmm. right? No. You have to come out and you have to uh, help have people help pull you out of that because, it, right? It becomes darkness and things die in winter, right? Trees, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they there's no green life. Bears hibernate. I mean, things happen, and so okay, that's a part of your life. But you know, um, and then you need to prepare for that winter and just know, okay, this is the way God's wired me. I'm going to work this way. Um, and the other personality styles can fake it much better than the mm -hmm. four. The four will exhaust themselves if they can't pull back mm -hmm. and have that winter time, uh, especially if you're a four or five. Man, it, what that means is alone time and, and time away, uh, you know, from people. And mm -hmm. so um, if you're a four or three, you know, that's just kind of grieving the fact that you're not as successful as you think you should be. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think coming from someone who's married to a four or four or five, actually yeah. like having to learn how to let the four in my life have right. those times of feelings because I'm a like, okay, like I noticed that you're feeling that way, but like you probably should wrap that up now. Like yeah, we, yeah. we've got yes. things to do. Like you need to like stop <laughs> feeling that way or, or like not stop feeling that way, but like I want to help him. I want to help him feel better. Mm. But sometimes that means I need to let him like go have his space, go have his feelings mm. process. However he needs to process. He does a lot of that through poetry, which then makes me feel things that I didn't know I had feelings. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, learning to, as you love a four to let them have those times and let them feel the feelings and like help be the barrier of like, I think it's, I think it's time to come out of that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think almost seeing that like 
you're not just a bottomless pit of emotions that yes. it's like a well that like there's different layers yeah. and like yeah. the deeper you get yeah. you're going to start getting different things coming out of this yeah. well it's not just like there's just like yeah, feelings like, everywhere he's just going to be feelings yeah. forever, like learning like oh yeah he does know how to like work through that and work through those mm-hmm. feelings they won't be like this forever where I get scared because I like just avoid emotions and things I'm like oh like oh, I'm going to be sad forever if I let myself cry now I will never stop and like yeah. it's like no like it's okay cry for now we'll work through it and we'll yeah. move on yep so. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a really good point because for a lot of like for unhealthy fours and maybe fours in general, they do struggle in relationships sometimes because there is this, oh, okay, that just happened. Um, and so there really is like a don't abandon the fours, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come around, um, but abandonment is a real issue uh, for fours and it's the worst of all things that could happen. Um, and so it's, it's really beautiful when you can let that happen um, and not, enter, not entertain that and see when, you know, this red flag has gone up, but not, mm-hmm. um, not be afraid of that because yeah. they still love you. Everything's fine. We're, <laughs> we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like preemptively yes. and actively perpetually I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. So on the other side now, let's talk some of how you've seen the unhealthy side of the four really kick in for you and what that's looked like. How you kind of Uh, went through that. I get like totally lost in my emotions uh, to where I will be existing in a reality of feelings. Like no facts have any clout uh, to like these. This is the actual way that you should work out of the situation here. The real things that are happening. None of that matters. Mm. And like I can be aware of it. Like I can be so self-aware that I'm like, okay, this is, mm-hmm. this is just feelings and the, like, here's the actual reality of the situation. And I'm like, it mm. doesn't matter. Like I'm feeling so hard that I can't take action mm. past that. Um, and then I just get trapped in the cycle of just feeling. Yeah. Uh, and even when I work past that, I'm like, okay, all right, I'm past the feelings. I understand like what I need to do and how I can work through this, but like the feelings again, and just, it becomes that perpetual, uh, and that's become a super unhealthy thing for me uh, because I experience those feelings so deeply and I understand and have a um, high kind of like emotional intelligence of myself. Mm-hmm. I can manipulate myself into like feeling those more intensely or less intensely or other people around me manipulate them into feeling the same feeling so that it becomes just like this pile on of like this like right. just oh. dump of feelings where I'm at the bottom just like embrace me and like bury me in feelings <laughs> oh. uh, which becomes super unhealthy. Oh, yeah. I think the indicator that when I know I'm not being healthy is when I start to do a lot of what ifs. So I think fours really struggle. They're very uh, dissatisfied with the present and terrified of the future. Um, and so it's when I start to notice I'm doing a lot of what ifs, I'm talking about the past, like we were just talking about swimming. What if I didn't swim? What if my parents put me in more writing? I would probably be a better writer. What if, and that's when I mm. know that I'm reaching this unhealthy space because I'm what if, what if, what if. Um, and then I just go into... I go into this like apologetic mode where I'm just apologizing for my existence. And Mm. it's like, this is weird. Like Mm. I, you know, I need to, I need to go read the Bible, go pray or go like scream a prayer in my car or something. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I realized that I, I was actually thinking about this weekend that I just skip over a what if phase. Like, I don't even like, what if this is the thing? What if immediately it's like, well, this is the way it is. This is it. And that's just how it's going to be. And like, this is the future forever. Yeah. Uh, There's no what if like, what if this is true? No, it's true. That's just the way it is. How how have you guys seen envy manifest itself? Sorry, did I steal your thing? No, that was exactly the next thing I was going to do. I think 
I think when you're talking about someone else being equally or more creative, that it's not an envy of like, oh, I want to be more creative like them, that it's, I want to experience what they're experiencing. Mm. I am not envy of like position or whatever it is or the clout. I'm like, I want to, what are they feeling? Like, mm. how are they better than me? Mm. And how do I like feel those things that they are? How do I get mm. into an emotional place to where they are mm. that I'm somehow lacking? Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. You. Ooh. Yeah. I really struggled with the envy piece of it for a little bit, but then I had to take envy and jealousy. It's really important that we distinguish between the two because jealousy is this threat that someone is taking something that I have and doing it better. And envy is envious of a quality or a personality trait or some, or mm -hmm. a gifting. Um, and so for me, how it plays out is, you know, I, when I'm, when I'm around someone that is seemingly, I'm like, Oh, they have a thing that I should have that thing. It's like, it's not that I'm envious of them or the thing even it's that it magnifies this hole in me mm -hmm. and it magnifies the wholeness in them. And I just feel I can only see the the, the vastness mm -hmm. of what I don't have that they have. And yeah. So. Yeah, so I think, I think the way that it works is envy, in, in, the sin of envy in the heart of the four is look at what they have and then look at what that says about what I don't have. Yes. yes. And so, so my uniqueness is diminished. I'm not an individual. I'm not, uh, you said romantic enough. I'm not, uh, you know, and so all of these negative feelings about self start to manifest themselves. And, and, it, and again, it, it calls God a liar. I am not an individual. I am not unique. I am not these things. God, mm -hmm. what you've said is not true because of how I feel, because of look at them mm -hmm. and what they have. And so, um, you know, envy's, you know, and, and envy can screw up friendships. It can screw up relationships. I mean, it can it can really, really do some really dark damage relationally. Um, uh, especially, you know, if you're a four, you have to really, really be careful of friendships because oftentimes the people that you're drawn to are very unique, um, very amazing people. And then what does that say about you? What does that say about where you are? What does that say about what you're experiencing? And then there can become this, uh, even this thing that you're unaware of, this rivalry of, okay, what's happening to me? It can really do some damage. And so really getting to the place where you see the uniqueness in them and you acknowledge that and you celebrate that and that hopefully that person can see the uniqueness in you and celebrate that. You know, if that person's a three that you're looking up to, that might not happen because <laughs> they can only see themselves. Um, so that that becomes, you know, friendship choices for the fours are really, really important. You know, if you're, if you're really, really close with an eight, that has a hard time seeing feelings or or seeing others, you know, a powerful person, a four can get really lost in that relationship. Hmm. And so mm -hmm. you just really have to be careful with, you know, the people that you um, identify with because they're amazing attributes of the eight. Wonderful things to be like, wow, you know, I kind of wish I was that way uh, because they're strong and determined. And so you just have to really, really watch your heart in who, um, you know, you come up to. And so, and you can even, um, you know, be, here's how it can work like in marriages. While this person's so amazing, will they always love me? Will they always care about me? Um, because it, you see what they have and then it turns on yourself and it creates this gap of that's where they are, this is where I am. How, how are we gonna maintain hmm. this? And so mm -hmm. it, can become, it can become funky. And so, you know, a lot of times with these core sins, you might initially go, no, I would encourage you to dig a little deeper, mm -hmm. look a little deeper and, and try to say, okay, Lord, I'm open to hearing how this sin is in my life. Because mm -hmm. I don't really like the term liar. That doesn't mm -hmm. like 
pump me up during the day. Um, <laughs> You know, but I, I've had to look at myself, okay, how, how am I, you know, being dishonest about my feelings, you know, not truthful with others and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I feel like you were going to say something. No. No. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, what actually, but, did you hear what I said? Yeah. I feel like you were going to say I something. feel what you're saying. Yeah. And oh, I I'm feeling what both of you are feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to hear just how that's played out in relationships for you guys. Maybe in like your most significant relationships. Have you seen like that envy or just your styles of foreplay mm. out in your relationships? Yeah. yeah. You're married to a rock that's star. Talk to question. us. <laughs> No, I think, yeah, that's difficult. I don't, I think I am in a good place. I feel like unhealth and health is kind of a funny word because the irony is for us, like, we're like, oh yeah, we're all a little unhealthy, right? Like, yeah. But um, I, in my relationship with John, I remember when we first got married, I did have a fear of him not uh, not loving me after a while, after he saw different shades of who I was mm-hmm. or after he saw maybe I did get too emotional. But envy, I remember thinking, so when John and I first got married, I was in a transitional phase in my career and I was freelancing and I didn't really feel that great about it. Meanwhile, he had just left a nonprofit, saved all this money to start, um, you know, working, you know, having a band, like going, like you said, mm-hmm. going across country. And it was more so like, man, it's not about, him or being envious. I love him and I'm so glad I'm in his world and we're sharing this life together and we're growing in love together. It was just, you're doing a lot of things. I should probably do a lot of things. Like, why am I not doing a lot of Mm. things? Shouldn't I be doing things? Um, More so of that kind of, you know, cyclone of emotions, less about, oh, I want to be a rock star too. Right, right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Well, so, and so here's the thing, you know, I think for the four is, uh, Deep down inside, fours know that emotions are not trustworthy and they don't last. Yes. Mm-hmm. So things like marriage, long-term friendships are extraordinarily scary because you've found uh, emotions to to change, to turn, to switch. And so if that's what's happening in me and I'm entering into this relationship with this person, you know, what's going to happen with them and in them and can I trust them? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and, and just know that, you know, other other numbers don't shift as quickly as the four in terms of of, mm-hmm. of their feelings and, and and what's happening and so um, that's just really really important to remember for all of us with our primary numbers is other people aren't like us and that's okay mm-hmm. that that is okay and and together we glorify God and and I think we bless each other and help each other become more like Christ mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think that in the majority of relationships friendships and even professional. I go into everything expecting the worst, expecting for them to somehow be like, okay, cool. You finally realized that like, I'm not good enough and you're going to move on to something better. Like that's going to happen eventually. I know it's the worst. What's your Uh, six score? Six? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Mm. I can look. Yeah. yeah, That sounds a little like you got some... So a, good, I, a good healthy amount of six. In yes, you. a lot of my numbers are very. Andrew will be back for the six episode as I, well. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but I think that it's it's become a thing to where I've had to really check my emotions with long term friendships. Uh, that I don't think that they are moving on to something else better than me. That they are moving to something different. Right. So I think I have a lot of like close guy friends that get a girlfriend and get married, and then I don't talk to them mm-hmm. for the next ten years. Yeah, uh, that it becomes something that I used to take that mm. very, very hard as you found something better than me and I'm not good enough. And mm. that's mm. it. Like, I'm I guess sorry. I'm lacking. You can tell me what you want me to be, but I don't think that I can be that for you. Uh, and so as I've learned that, I'm like, no, I have people for a season and the season that mm. I have with them, I'm going to make them feel and we're going to feel together and we're going to experience and hopefully I can help uh, change and cultivate their life into something better. And when it's time for me to let go, 
they let go. And the time that I had was time that was me and that was unique to me and unique to us. And now they have a new time that's unique to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still hurts. It hurts yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that as a, as a pastor of a church mm. where you invest oh, in true, porn yeah. to people and they're like, ah, I'm out. Deuces. There's a cooler oh, program. A thing? There's a cooler program at this church. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'll just take my heart over here and mm. stab it while you leave. <laughs> yep. I'll just go be sad for it. Yeah. Um, so we've gotten some really great questions in from some people who are learning what it means to be a force. So Savannah wrote in and said, I'm so thankful that I'm now able to recognize my broken four, especially around other people with talent, but I don't know how to redirect my four or how to in- address my envy of others. I know the sort of self-righteous envy is wrong, but I still keep feeling it and up hating myself for it and shrink into my main detached observer five when I'm not Whoa. recognized as unique, further isolating myself from others. Mm. Any ideas for practical application on combating this envy that ends up leading to isolation? Yes. So I, I'm just going to jump <laughs> yes, in. Yeah. Correct. Uh, so uh, our creative director, Dex, taught me this, which I think is just the greatest principle, is he basically has me ask this question to myself of what is true up until now. And for someone that gets stuck in emotions and feelings mm. and you know all those things that it helps me just center and say, okay, what are the facts outside of what all my feelings are? And I start like I'm driving in the car and I literally start with, I'm in a car, I'm on the road, the lights are on, I'm listening to the radio, Today's Tuesday. I went to work. These things happened and just lining up all these facts and it helps me get perspective so that when I am in a situation where I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm not being like appreciated creatively or I feel like mm-hmm. that I'm not like the individual. I have listed out all these facts and say, these are the facts of what actually happened and none of those are facts of what I am feeling. Yeah. And it helps me not negate my feelings, but separate them so that I can say, okay, this happened. This is a feeling that's associated with that why am I feeling this feeling? And maybe I can feel this feeling for a little while and then figure out a way to kind of move on from that or dismiss it, whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's your value is being threatened or you feel like your identity is on the line. Um, this is kind of weird, but something that I've just had to do is fours are so in their imagination. They're so mm-hmm. in their emotions that we're almost totally detached from our bodies at times. Um, so something that I've started to do, it's a hard practice, but hey, I got to work out really, really hard in the morning um, or just sometime in the day because at least I can do something super incredibly hard with my body and it'll be harder than whatever I do with my heart maybe that day. Mm. Um, and just kind of grounding myself to what is true and even gr- physically grounding myself to, hey, I have a body, I have a, I'm okay. Like I'm not just, mm-hmm. I'm not just this, you know, maelstrom of emotion, but I'm, I'm a, yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah. I think, you know, just Christianity and Christianity in general, we've not done as good of a job as say like Hinduism with yoga in, in connecting the heart, you know, body and soul together. And, and, and a lot of times as Christians, we want to act as if we can just do things with our spirit and not connect with our hearts and our bodies. And, you know, I, I think we need to remind ourselves of the teaching of Jesus that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. So Christ is saying, you've got to connect everything that you are, that's a mind, that's your body, and that's your spirit. You've got to be in touch with that to be in touch with God. That's how that's how we love God and we connect with him. And so I think that's really, really important what you said. Um, let me say this, is that, you know, um, depression, right, oftentimes is I don't matter, nobody cares. And so what I do with that is then I isolate myself, especially if you're a four or five. And then what happens is I proved what I'm feeling. Yes. Mm. And that's the danger of depression is we create a reality that 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 agrees with and confirms how we feel. Yep. So I, I don't matter. People don't care about me. So I'm going to wall people off. I'm going to isolate myself and then see. Mm-hmm. No and, 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 and that's, 
you know, that's why if, if you struggle with depression, you have to, you have to stop <laughs> trusting yourself in that process because feelings lie. They, they just do. Yes, um, they do. you know, uh, Depression is a liar. I, I don't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm not significant. Nobody cares. It would be better off if I'm dead. Uh, no, 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 no. And so um, we have to really look at our behavior because a lot of times we become our own self-fulfilling prophets. Yep. Here's how I feel. And then I'm going to create a reality based upon my choices that actually makes that happen. And so you just have to understand that, that all of us have these behaviors that we've fallen into. They're called adaptive uh, traits or behaviors that we've tried to, right? We're sinners that live in a sinful world. And so we create strategies to survive in this world. Well, the problem is strategies work for a while and then eventually that's what kills you. And so you just have to know that over time, when you feel insignificant, when you feel depressed, if you isolate yourself and you cut people off, you're going to feel even more depressed and you now actually don't feel isolated, but you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's very, very dangerous. That's a dangerous way, uh, you know, and that's why I tell people when you don't feel like going to church, that's when you know you're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when God's gonna do a work. Um, uh, when you don't feel like going to a small group, that's when you need to be there because God's gonna do something special. When you don't feel like reading your Bible, that's when God has something to say. Um, because, you know, part of being a Christian is really pressing in and against our feelings and trusting God. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think anybody feels like picking up their cross and following Jesus, right? That's That's... Uh, in, intentionally a painful illustration of what it means. And so Jesus is saying, look, you know, and, and I don't think Jesus felt like dying on the cross that that mm-hmm. that evening. I'm pretty sure he said, hey, God, mm-hmm. there's a plan B. So just, just know that, that, you know, depression, man, creates the reality that you're afraid is happening. Mm-hmm. So, yep. That's and that's why it's so important to be in community because yeah. you are mm-hmm. living in a reality that you can't see out of yeah. and having communities like, no, 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 that's not actually the case. Let's yeah. pull you out of that. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. So then for you guys, before we kind of switch on to um, more about people who are in relationships with fours, what's been one step that you've been taking to really pursue a new level of health as a four? Yeah, this is going to sound so anti-four, but it's a structure, like fluid structure. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to have um, boundaries uh, with what with what you're doing, because there is this there is a balance of this emotion is me. Um, there is this, I am, um, sorry, my phone is going off everyone. Um, I think it's that structure, which will create a really, um, a place and a time for the emotion to come out in a way that is healthy. And so working out and like I just said, like being very diligent in my physical fitness is going to make me feel um, like I have structure and I have, um, I'm not just my emotions. I'm not just living in my imagination. I think that's really, really important. Um, I also think it's important to have a time and a place of who you're talking to, because I think fours can be really, really overwhelming to others. Mm -hmm. And you know, we don't want to overwhelm the people that we love. I think you said something about how we can start throwing spears at um, at other people because mm-hmm. we're so in our own head with things. So it's very important to, I think, pick um, a time and a place to really talk about how we're feeling and not let that totally run over someone and, and really being um, intentional about that. But yeah, I think I think creating just boundaries and creating structure has been really, really important for me. Yeah, I think for me, I've really tried to allow myself to push to like the extremities of my four in like a healthy way uh, in things that are not necessarily uh, 
normal per se, or the others mm-hmm. wouldn't perceive yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, actively. People are like, that's weird and like different. And I'm like, yes, it is. And it's, it's what I want to do. And I'm going to like do that. Like it's, it's what I want to like the same reason. I mean, it's the reason that I'll dye my hair like mm-hmm. whenever I want to. Uh, the reason that I've like paint my nails every now and then is this feeling that, <laughs> that I can really lean into. This is something that is unique to me. Mm-hmm. That's literally something that I just like. And I'm going to live in that and not be ashamed of it and not be scared. Cause I think that I lived a lot uh, of kind of living in this. Okay. Like I'm going to secretly just be like, Oh, so creative and be like so individual, mm-hmm. but like, I don't want anyone else to see that one. And we else to think that I'm just like mm. over, over the plate, like regular guy. Uh, and over the last year, I've tried to explore more and more what it looks like mm. to just like, let's like, let the freak flag fly and just yeah. see like what it's like to be a complete individual. And, mm. uh, able to live in that right so the turning moment in Saul's life where he goes dark is when he panics and he's afraid to trust God because everyone else is is leaving him yep and so in that moment when he chooses um, really to be God and trust his feelings rather than his faith which is faith was wait for Samuel all you got to do is wait Um, right and God look what God did God took this this nobody that nobody saw and nobody had seen and and turned him into this great king and this great leader. And in that moment, he chooses his feelings over God. And man, things just go dark in Saul's life. And, you know, the Hebrews don't, you know, they don't have language for depression. They don't have language for mental illness. They don't have language for that. So it says God sent a spirit, right? That's the language that they have. And so basically what they're saying is, Look, Saul, Saul got a little cray-cray uh, and God knew about it and God allowed it. And so we did what we could. Like we played the harp, we, we, we tried to soothe him. We tried to, you know, he doesn't have a therapist to sit on the couch and talk about all your problems, but he gets darker and darker in that. And ultimately, um, you know, who does he throw the spear at? But the one who played the harp. Mm-hmm. The very thing that soothed him, mm-hmm. his envy and jealousy, he had to kill that guy. The one thing that comforted him. And it was just so sad. And and really one of the things that sets David apart from Saul is David does far worse than Saul. But David repented. David repented. Saul continued to follow the path of his emotions and his feelings. And he followed his heart, right? All the way to where ultimately, um, you know, he, he basically takes his own life. Mm. Yeah. So. And something else I've been doing healthy just as like a thing is going to therapy, like literally checking with the doctor and being like, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. I need help to process through this, mm-hmm. like getting into it. And I think there's a, like just a stigma around like I'm in therapy or like I'm in counseling. Like right. it's a great thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. especially for us that are just trapped in our feelings to have like, cool, your job sitting across from me is to help me process through mm-hmm. my feelings. Mm-hmm. Here's money. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, and it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people, um, you know, they always ask me, they're like, well, how, how do you not get prideful with the extraordinary success of Sandals Church? Well, it's because I'm a three-wing four. I've never been as successful as I thought I would, and then I feel really bad about myself because I'm a four. <laughs> so that's where it is. And so I have to go and work through, you know, and just the last probably five years of my life really saying, you know, God has done some amazing things, and this is really cool. And um, I am an individual, and I have been creative, and I have been somewhat successful in having to speak truth into my feelings because my feelings have, have not been honest mm-hmm. to me and I have lied mm-hmm. to myself. And then I have, right, here's all my three, four works together. I lie to myself and then I feel bad about the lie. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so dumb. And so that's why the, the Enneagram has been so helpful to me to go, I am not speaking truth right now to myself 
and I'm feeling crappy about this lie that I'm telling myself. And that's where counseling has helped me. And, uh, you know, I've been to, I don't know how many counseling sessions over, um, but praise God, man, I haven't had an affair. I haven't screwed up. I haven't done a lot of things that uh, pastors do that keep them from experiencing the blessings of God. I just mm-hmm. said, hey, let's go talk about this. Let's actually live the vision yep. of being real. And so um, I, w- I would much rather, if you're a four, that you go talk about your feelings rather than acting on them because you can mm-hmm. really screw up your life if you're just this um, you know, unhealthy four that's just flying by the seat of your pants based upon how you feel. Oof, that's yeah, a very, that's dangerous. very dangerous thing. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's Jeremiah 17, 3, 70. We'll look it up. Mm-hmm. But the heart is incredibly wicked. Who knows the depths of its evil? Mm. That's Jeremiah, who, by the way, was probably a four. He was my he was my second candidate for a four. Uh, he's known as the weeping prophet. Um, oh, yeah, probably four. Yeah. So, um, but very- Probably a four-wing five, though. Yeah. I feel like we're, fours aren't that much of a bummer. Like, what is the fun? <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. what's your seven score, though? Oh, real high, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's- <laughs> That's her seven talking. <laughs> Real high. Which again, why it's so important that we, that again, that you don't go take a free test online, but mm-hmm. you actually yes. look at our test because our test shows what I just called out is you got a lot of seven. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a lot of seven, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not like her. What's wrong with mm-hmm. me? So well, it's because she has got a lot of seven and she's cray cray when like we have a party, it's I know where Lena will be yeah. on the dance floor, oh, yeah. right next to you. I'm right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so. think somebody described to me really, really well of this idea that it's like you're a canvas, and then yeah. your just helps you understand. And especially the way that we do it, like what paint is on your canvas? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of different colors. There's a lot of different amounts of each yeah. color, and it just makes uh, this like totally. beautiful portrait of who yeah. you are. And, I and we're the, so but great. we're the only ones that I know of that does it that way. Yeah. Well, I've loved it because I've loved having conversations with people who are like, I don't understand why I'm this type. Like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, look at how these other types are flavoring that. You're not going to look like this yeah. person because mm-hmm. yeah, your four is not going to look like his four because they've got, well, actually yours kind of are because you both have the four with yeah, the Yeah, you're high seven too. We're right? very oh, different, Stephanie. Okay. You are very different. You're We're very unique. In our own way. <laughs> you're very special and I'm very yeah. thankful for you. But yeah, it's been interesting oh. to talk with people like, I know you don't think you, this is your type, but it's because it's flavored by this. Yeah. Or your mom's that type too, but it's because you guys are completely different in these other types. Mm-hmm. Or the old so. coffee analogy, like you got your coffee, but then you got a yeah. Do you have sugar? Do you have sugar? Yeah. Andrew got lots of sugar. Oh boy, do I. <laughs> I just wanted to say one more thing about what you're doing to, I think the question was embracing the healthy yeah, side. Yeah, pursue, health. like, pursue yeah. health. Um, is gratitude is just a really important thing. Mm. Um, and starting the day with being gracious for all that God has given you and, and actually saying the things out loud, mm-hmm. um, speaking truth, like today's Tuesday, but also, you know, I have friendships, I have community, I have that, like just speaking truth into yes. your life in the morning is really important and all throughout the day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. And and the reason for gratitude is, is it provides balance. Yes. And so what, what the four is pushing for in life is balance. So, um, right, they have, a four will have the extreme highs and the extreme lows, and um, what you want to do is not try to eliminate that, but 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 try but try to find balance in your highs and lows. And that's you know that that's what that's what you're looking for is okay. I'm trying to f- find balance to these feelings that are crazy high and crazy low. Mm-hmm. And how do I try to do that? And so what Elena's done is she's found exercise has mm-hmm. provided a healthy way for her to check in with herself physically so that she can have be better strengthened to manage herself emotionally. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why it's so important. Hinduism does such a better job uh, than our Western Christianity of checking in with the body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many Christians don't care at all about exercise or diet or looking at their physical makeup at all. 
And um, let me tell you something, how you feel physically affects how you feel emotionally. It just does. The food we eat, how we sleep, whether we're working out, taking care of ourselves, all of those things play into how we feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think something for me has been, uh, I struggle a lot with identity and like we had talked about of like, just tell me who to be, like who do you need mm-hmm. me to be uh, of going to the Bible because it's just an easy solution of like, mm-hmm. here's a list of all the things that like you just are, like God mm-hmm. says that you are. You don't have to search for like, who do you want me to be? Like, right. I can't sort through these feelings of like who I am. It's like, here, here's what you are. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Like I can, I can say those truths into these feelings that are lying to me. Yeah. What's your two score? You, uh, don't, you don't know. It was, no, it was in the mid, mid zones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You have some we too. We both have high two. I remember you posted something with a super yeah. high. Oh, you're like, I oh, was, hold yes, on. It was a 10 healthy and a 99 unhealthy too. Yeah. So your 99 unhealthy two is part of your identity crisis. That's not coming from your four. So that, so the unhealthy two is who am I? I am what I do. So mm. tell me what to do. Hmm. Yeah. And so the two becomes codependent. And so I, I completely lose sight of myself by serving you and taking care of you and doing what you need me to do because I don't, I, I, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the two. See, yeah. see, again, that's why I haven't looked at his score, but as soon as he says that, I'm going, okay, that's not the four. Mm-hmm. That's something else that's flavoring his four. Um, which My two it, is a 78. Yeah, there you go. So, which, is, which is really high. Yeah. yeah. But you said you? it was 99 unhealthy. Let me see here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Well, I think that desire for security, you're desiring to have relationships and have people around you. And you're like, well, if they can't handle my feelings, at least I can do things for them. Yes, exactly. So yeah, a that makes sense. Beautiful bouquet of a human being you are. Oh, bouquet. <laughs> I like at, that. Oh, Pastor Matt's nice. just like a mouth open looking <laughs> at your <laughs> results. <Yeah. laughs> I'm yeah. a lot. Yeah. This is the other version of him staring into people's souls is now staring mm, into yes. the universe. Yeah. So we actually had a really interesting question um, from Leah in who is a four who's in a relationship with a five. And she says, how can I healthily grow in a dating relationship who, with someone who seems to be an, the antithesis of who I am? I can easily feel all the feelings all the time, but how can I best have a balanced relationship with a five who seems to have little to no feelings all the while making sure I'm not overwhelming them with my feelings? Yeah, so opposites attract. So you, you're gonna see this a, a lot of times. So a super mm-hmm. strong eight will be drawn to a nine. Like, right, this peaceful person, this loving person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the eight is stirring up conflict everywhere they go. And then it creates conflict. Same with the four and the five is the four helps the five feel. And so they're drawn to that and they love that. And they're experiencing feelings that they've never had before. And the four loves the chase of bringing that out and, and seeing things that, they, <laughs> that they've never seen before, right? And so that, mm-hmm. that, that's like, so the romantic Mm-hmm. The four, they're drawn to that. And oh my gosh, this is our love story and no one's ever felt this deep and, mm-hmm. and right. And so then you have sexual attraction, which is really, really strong. Um, but once that kind of subsides and then you just, it's just the two of you there, um, then you really have this huge gap and it's the largest gap on the Enneagram. And it's, it's a lifelong struggle between the four and the five to connect. And so the five has to make the choice to feel and to examine feelings and to not run into their cave. So we have the five um, uh, next week and, and they run into a cave and they can hide for months. Mm. And so what that does to the four is it, it, it isolates them and, and, they, and they just fe- they feel, uh, but it's not just a feeling, it's actually happening. They, they feel separate, they feel isolated and they feel alone. And that's overwhelming. And, and for some of that, you know, the five is just initially drawn to the passion of the four, mm-hmm. the intense feelings of the four, but then those things become overwhelming. They become frightening. And what the five wants to do is observe, mm-hmm. which is the antithesis of feeling, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm just going to watch. Um, 
And so if you're a five married to a four, right, think about sexual intimacy. That's a real challenge because the five, especially if they're a male, they're still gonna wanna have sex, but the four is not because there's not a connection, there's not the romance, Mm. there's not the emotional makeup there. And so then the five feels rejected and they go into their cave even more. And then Mm. before you know it, you know, you've got a very, very lonely marriage that's that's in real trouble. Um, and, And so you've got to learn to talk about that, that, you know, the five... Uh, the core sin of greed, and we'll get into that next week, has to be intentional about sharing emotion, mm-hmm. sharing money, mm-hmm. sharing thoughts, sharing feelings, right? The the five withholds everything because everything's so precious. And I have this one feeling, so I can't share it. So mm. no, and it's safe. And so um, that that's what I would say is really dive in. And again, part of intimacy is learning to share your story. And a lot of people minimize that as gobbledygook or whatever, but you need to learn the story. How were you raised? What happened in your mm-hmm. life? Um, you know, what what's going on? And so, um, you know, like for my wife and I, you know, a lot of our battles were a lot of the attributes that she wanted in me, I didn't see in my dad. My dad, and my dad's a great guy, but he he just is not, his, his two scores gotta be like negative. You know, he just, just doesn't naturally help or think about things. And my wife, like that was a big part, but I wasn't raised to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't, you know, I just didn't see that. And so um, just understanding that, okay, how you were raised has affected who you are. Mm-hmm. And so that's not all threes are the same, not all fours are the same. You grew up in different households and different lifestyles. You guys have different genders. Uh, and contrary to popular opinion, gender matters. That makes things very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, And then we've talked about on the show before, you know, same-sex attraction. That's an additional like, hey, that's fun. Um, Let's talk about that. All of those things go into that. And so you just have to say, okay, let's talk about what was life like as early on as you can remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you feel? What was that like? What happened when you were a five and you shared? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because so a five's going to share one <laughs> time. Therapy questions last week. <laughs> like, like, like a five's going to share one time. What if that goes bad? Uh, yeah. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. You know, like where the four is, like, well, that went bad, but we'll try again. You know, the five is the five is scared to death to say, "Here's who I am." Mm. Whereas the four is like, "Man, I just eat that up." Right? Mm. Oh, yeah. you know, talk to me about how you feel and who you are and and how you matter. And so, so just really, really share your child experience and then how you think that shaped you. Uh, a great thing to do as a couple is just to map out your life and just literally, you know, give the five like a day to go and kind of map out, you know, their day. And if they're not as artistic or whatever, you know, cut pictures out, you know, of magazines and say, here, here's my life and here's what it looked like. And here's how I think that affected me so that you can better love that five and then call it out. Like, just like the four needs to be called out. Hey, you're being driven by emotion. The five is you're running into the cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you can only do that so often where people are like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's a great question, and just and just know that opposites do attract, and just remember that that initial thing, you know, when I feel super negative about Tammy, what I do practice gratitude. I remind myself of the things I love about her. Mm. What are the things that drew me to her? How is she amazing? How do I care about that? And we need to all do that because it's easy to be negative. It's it takes yeah. work. Mm-hmm. It takes intentionality to be positive and to remind yourself. Okay, here's the amazing things about this person. And, um, and unfortunately, oftentimes in our society, the only times people are grateful and, and, ex- and express gratitude is at funerals. Hmm. And yeah. it's too late. The yeah. Yeah. It's too yeah. late. That's why we do words of affirmation in our house at birthday parties. We say, here's the things that I love about you and I appreciate it about you. Because we don't want to say that at your funeral. We want to say that at your birthday while you're still alive. Yeah. Can I go to those parties? Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. come and sit here with us. Talk about me. 
Um, I, oh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I just I, I just moved in with a five uh, a couple months ago, and it's been super interesting for me and him to understand each other. Uh, I'm living with a married couple, and he's just super high five. And I think that I've had to learn that he still feels feelings, not as deeply as I do. Mm-hmm. Because I think I come in, I'm like, feel these deep feelings. Yeah. And then it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn, okay, le- I'm going to let you lead in like whatever we are feeling. And maybe mm-hmm. the feeling is like peace right now. And like, that's a feeling too. Uh, it's not something that I'm like, oh yeah, fe- peace is like this feeling. But it's like, okay, yeah. we're going to have this together. We're going to have this light feeling, just like a yeah. diet feeling. And that's all right. Yeah, and and I love and let, that. Diet and let's talk about this. I think it's easier in our society to be a female and be a four than it is to be a man and be a four. Just oh, like in our sure. society, I feel like it's yeah. easier to hmm. be a male and to be a five than it is to be a female and to be a five because there's social expectations and there's yeah. cultural norms. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a, a man and you're a four, I think you're going to be shoved into a box of control how you feel, shut that up, keep it quiet. Whereas <laughs> if yeah. you're a woman and you're a five, it's like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you crying? Why aren't you emoting? Why aren't do you, you not like me? Yeah, do you, yeah. yeah. So w- we need to be aware of that, and you need to be aware of that. Um, is you know, don't shove any of the numbers into the box, but yeah. especially the four. And so if you have a young man that you're raising, your son that's a four, you, you got to embrace that. Yeah, I have a great story. When I was in elementary school, uh, I was I wanted to be a poet, and so I wrote all this poetry. I loved Ed, Edgar Allan Poe because they just like lived yeah. in the like dark feeling, you know, melancholy. And I remember I wrote this poem that was just like really dark and like Edgar Allan Poe esque. And I got called to the principal's office with my parents, and they're like, "We're concerned uh, about yeah. Andrew and Dark." And I remember sitting in the car. My mom comes back into the car, and I was like, "Am I in trouble?" And she literally turns around and she goes, no, they just don't understand you. You keep being you and writing what you want. And then drove away. And I was like, oh, mother. Go, mom. (laughs) Which was just great. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, Andrew's mom. I love that. Happy early Mother's Day. Yeah. (laughs) So um, speaking of parenting fours, Janae wrote in and said, after hearing the sermon on the four, I discovered both of my kids are fours. How do I keep a healthy balance between them? Their sibling rivalry isn't about toys or sharing, but more about who has the better idea. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to steal my wife's word. It's about cultivating um, just how amazing each idea is as an individual mm-hmm. and and literally saying this household is not about competition, it's about complimenting. Yes. So how do we complement each other and celebrate uh, the uniqueness of each idea? So I'm guessing maybe they're four-wing threes because that's where the competitive mm-hmm. nature is coming mm-hmm. from uh, and driving that. But, um, you know, I think I think siblings aren't... I mean, there's a reason it's called sibling rivalry. There's a reason Cain killed Abel. Um <laughs> It's 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 difficult, and 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 what you what you learn in raising children is is sin is real, and it manifests itself in very very ugly ways. Uh, in most kids, I mean, some kids mask it well; uh, they're just better behaved. But most kids, it comes out pretty aggressively and pretty negatively um, early on. And so, um, I I just would say learn learn to celebrate and compliment each, and never compare. So if if you want to kill your fours, you know, don't compare them, but celebrate them as individuals. And again see that in them is, oh my gosh, what I love about both of you is how distinct you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the word that I would say is the thing that makes me the most proud of you is how, man, God with two parents, I'm assuming they have the same mom, same dads. That's not always the case in our culture. It's just amazing that out of this, uh, out of us, God would bring such different individuals. Cause even if they're fours, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but they might do great things together. Um, extraordinary creative, you know, I think about uh, just some of the brothers there in Hollywood that have done fantastic things. I'm guessing they're fours and they've produced the Cohen. I was Mm -hmm. saying the Cohen brothers. They've done amazing, amazing things. And so 
Um, wow, that's that's incredible. You know, you think about the Wright brothers, uh, individuals who who just saw outside of the box, and you know, I just was so just so amazed. You know, their commitment to each other and understanding their unique roles in the design of the first aircraft, and mm-hmm. they just worked really really well together mm-hmm. um, and made a decision. I think as teenagers to prolong marriage. I mean, to put off marriage and to work together. And right, we're all in airplanes today because of those two individuals. So, mm-hmm. um, but they were definitely individualists. They were not like everybody else. They existed in a time where nobody felt like people would ever fly, but they felt differently and they pursued that and they pressed into that. And you want to talk about individualists. I mean, America, you know, truly has produced some amazing, amazing four wing threes, right? I'm going to be successful, but I'm going to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about Ford, Ford cars, uh, just, just, just incredible. And, um, you know, he probably was a four wing five because he created the, the system, assembly the assembly mm-hmm. line. I mean, you got to be a five to have that in your head. Because, <laughs> right, he observed yeah. a better yeah, way. For sure, but, yeah. but he has that creative ingenuity to think outside of the box and to, um, you know, and think about romanticism, not just in, in, the, in the terms of a love relationship, but the romantic idea of what could be. Yeah. Yes. Right. A mystery yeah. and yeah. excitement so talk- of what could happen. Yeah. We were talking about that before of this, the distinction between uh, seeing something as it could, as it should be. And then as it could be, yeah. there's always this possibility of like, well, it should be this. No, no, no. You don't understand. Like it could be a million other yeah. things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like ones could walk in a room and see all the things that are wrong. Can you fix this? I think mm-hmm. that fours can walk in a room and see all the things that are like, like lacking, like yeah. oh, with where is yeah. the color? Where is this? Oh, I could do this. What if it wasn't a room anymore? Yeah. What if, what if we weren't in a room? What if we we're in the sky? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I don't. We're kind of going a little off topic, but oh, I actually I don't have kids yet. Um, but I think just thinking of childhood and thinking of being very emotional and hearing my parents say, "Oh, you're being so dramatic," or "Oh, like I, I would say." This is going to be weird coming from someone who has kids, but maybe to not manage and try to manage so much of the emotion um, and or also in the same flip of the coin, not to overindulge into their emotions, because I think that can also be really dangerous for kids. Yeah, just a great book uh, for everybody, 12 Principles for Life by something oh, Peterson. Yeah, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, chapter five, I believe is on parenting, one of the most fantastic books maybe ever written by a psychologist, not a Christian, but on how to raise your kids. And uh, his general principle for parenting is um, don't let your kids do things that make you not like them. And so, um, but, but allow them to be them. But uh, so, so right. um, You know, what, what did you say? Don't be so dramatic. So encourage your kid to be dramatic, but not in such a way that maybe they would lose friendships or lose um, because what he says is, is you love your children. The world will not. Mm. So you Mm. have to right. So if they don't love you, and they don't like you, you're in trouble. And so that's <laughs> that that that's his kind of man. I think he just balances so well raising individuals and then also raising them with the idea that they're going to go into a culture that's real, whether we mm-hmm. like it or not. It's mm-hmm. a real thing, and um, uh, a lot of kids, especially the individualists, um, you know, preparing them for a whole other world of individualists and people that think that they're the only one like them, and, and embracing that. Uh, because it can be crushing, especially for a four kid mm-hmm. um, that you know hasn't experienced other creatives, other individuals, and um, so yeah, 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 I, yeah. I think that there's there's this idea that I love that that like at this point, like almost everything has been said, but it hasn't been said by you. And so even with like people that was that are, so good, yeah. Here, know, let me just thanks. Yeah, hey, Stephen Sondheim. It's from a musical, that. but oh. <laughs> it's it's not me. But it, I like that principle, mm. uh, and I think that it 
it makes it so that like even with these brothers, like you give them the same thing and they tell it in different ways and each of them are unique and have equal merit because mm-hmm. no one has ever said it like them before. Mm. Uh, and look at, you know, things like uh, f- for me, from a creative pr- perspective, when we do like Easter or something, right? It's a story that we've told for thousands right. of years. Every single year we do and tell it in a different way. And not only us, thousands of churches, like, I mean, you know, across the world are telling the same story. It's the same thing that's been said for thousands of years, Mm -hmm. but because there are unique people saying it, it becomes a unique experience and people get to experience that story in a different way. Amen. Yeah. yeah. That was good. I love that. Uh, One last quick question on parenting kids, because we had another question of um, their, they think they're eight year olds. That might be four. What's the best age for you to maybe have your kids take the Enneagram and start learning that. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, so, how young's too young? Well, part of the problem is the vocabulary of the questions. Um, you know, you're going to have to tell your kid what each word means and what each question means. And so that's that's part of the challenge. So I think when an age, when they can read the questions and they have vocabulary, but I think it's okay to guess as a parent mm-hmm. and, and just give yourself permission to be wrong and let your kid change and grow. And, you know, our son just took the test and he's 15. And what the test results, I think showed his mom and I is how influenced he is by his sisters. Mm. So, and, and so, right, because they're the two dominant forces in his life. And um, we just said, hey, you know, you've scored this now. Let's see how that changes. And, um, you know, we were just talking about one, your guy's boss who just recently retook mm-hmm. it and changed back to what I initially thought he was. But the test came out one way. And so as you, I think, understand yourself better, you give yourself permission to freely answer the questions. Mm-hmm. That's that's so important. You know, there's been so many times on staff where a staff member's taking the question, and they're like, I came out of this, and I'm like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just <laughs> not you. But they're not at a place where they're ready to be awake enough to say, okay, this is who I, I really mm-hmm. am. And a lot of people are just terrified of being honest with themselves. I used to think people that came on staff at Sandals, you know, bought fully into the vision of being real. I have been greatly disappointed um, many, many times because it's a scary vision. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how hard it was for me to come to the place where I said, okay, deceit is my core sin. And this is how it manifests itself Mm -hmm. in my my life. And I've got to be so aware of that. That was really, really hard for me. You know, Mm -hmm. deceit and envy aren't two things that um, I wanted to be honest about. So, Yeah. yeah. So that, that's, I, I would just say, you know, really, really focus on yourself as an adult and, and, you know, tiptoe into the Enneagram, be very, very careful. Just know that it gets cultic and weird on the internet and people, people get, <laughs> it just does. People get bizarre with it. And again, you know, the Enneagram is not our source of truth. The word of God is, you know, Jesus Christ is, is our source. The Enneagram is just a tool to help us be truthful with ourselves. Hmm. So just, just use it as that. And, and, and like I said, tiptoe lightly and slowly into that. And, and some of you guys are looking at your chart. You have no idea what that means. And that's okay. You know, Tammy and I, I've been studying this for 15 years. Tammy and I have done multiple levels of training. My wife's a much better reader of the, uh, the graph than I am. It's just her gift. And, um, uh, and just some people are just really, really, really good at noticing some things. Mm. So, and I think it gives you a good nudge toward investigation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of like, okay, maybe these are things that mm. I should look at, oh, yeah. you know, and like, okay, maybe not this one or maybe not that, but yeah. like, oh, this is revealing some things about me. Yeah. And yeah. for me, any like one thing that helps me dismiss some emotion, I'm like, 
cool. Give me more of yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Give me more thoughts because my feelings are not thoughts. Yeah. Ooh, because with, I love that. Because feel, well, fours are such a mystery to others, but they're a mystery to themselves. And all the Enneagram is is a tool. It's mm-hmm. a map. It's a roadmap. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's so great because it shows you the positive side. So you can embrace like, because I'm a nine, and but I would never want to say that I'm lazy. But mm-hmm. embracing like, oh, okay, I like the, I could see how I'm a peacemaker and see how that. And then I start to see like, oh, this is what laziness looks like for me. It's mm-hmm. not in tasks, it's in relationships, it's in avoiding other things. And so mm-hmm. I love how it shows the positive side. So you can embrace that, pursue that and realize like, okay, if this is true about me, these good things are true about me, these negative things probably are too and I need to figure out how they play out in my life. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. love that. It's all, the ugly side is all ugly for every number. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful side's all beautiful for every number. And mm-hmm. so you just have to, to embrace that. And so, um, yeah. So if you would like to, we still have that test available. It moved at SC slash self-discovery. We'll have that in the show notes. Andrew and Lala, thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Yeah, you guys are great. Thanks and sharing all of your feelings it. with us. It was Yay. very fun. We felt so, together. We have, this yeah. is a, there's a two-part to this, right? I feel like <laughs> feelings to talk about. So we're going to do your interpretive dance <laughs> yeah. after this. Yep. So okay. we'll, we'll tack that on the end. Yeah, we're going to put that on the video. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. So and we we're do have um, our original song for the four uh, with Matt Ritchie right after this episode. So make sure to stick around for that. It is going to be wonderful. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Longing for a land in love I learned to love a land long gone Can't move forward and I can't move on From a place that's always dusk and never dawn If the sun only sets If the nights all I get Will it last? Will you stay Here tonight Gone today Maybe this is where Mercy meets me If I need 
Grace lifts my head.